Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Click Podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm killing it, man. Just, you know, wearing slippers. You did. I mean, too. We're <laughs> wearing slippers. That's the nice the part podcast. about living like 35 feet away from the studio. That's right. Yeah, I just walk across the street. You live less than that away from the studio. I live it. You mean you, in the studio? You live in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm doing really well, man. It's uh, summer's upon us. It's the kids' last week of school. My daughter has her fifth grade promotion mm-hmm. tomorrow, which is exciting. Um, she was talking mad shit to people today when I picked her up. Was she? Oh, yeah. She was like, <laughs> what did she say? She's like, see you again, never, because I'll be in middle school next year, you loser, or something along those lines. I was like, be cool, dude. <laughs> it's middle school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, You're in the same building. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, just let them have it, I guess. Yeah, I didn't say anything about it. Yeah. But I was just I was like, You're not, it, like, I get it if you're, like, changing buildings. Yeah. To be excited. She's not changing buildings. Tomorrow will be the hardest year for school because all three kids will be in different schools. Uh, Even though Betty and West will be in the same building, they'll have different start times. And then Lou is in a completely different school. So, But then the, the following year... Won't he go to Kennedy? He will, yeah. So the following year, they'll all be at the same school again, which oh, is yeah. nice. That'll be nice. Yeah. 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 So at least you'll have two and one. The, the, well, no, next year they'll all be in different schools because Betty and Wes will both be at the uh, same. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's a, that's a school tangent. You guys kids, man, what a life. Just a pain in the ass. Andrew, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Obviously in the throes of summer, I had a good weekend. I had a really productive weekend, like a weekend where you don't accomplish much, but some big milestones were achieved. I've got bamboo neighbor progress. Oh yeah. 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 I've, we, we've got, uh, this isn't my other thing, but if you're listening right now, uh, through the 16th, Southwest is doing 40% off flights. That sounds so, kind of like another thing. That's not my other thing. It sounds kind of like another, but they're thing, doing though. 40% off flights. So we're, we're buying a whole, we're buying, we're buying all of our plane tickets for our plans it, for this year. Do you think that's because everyone hates Southwest after Christmas? You, you know, and, and our concern is that we're buying some tickets during about that period. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? If I get stranded at Disneyland, so what? Yeah. That's the worst uh, places to be stranded. Last year during that debacle, one of my coworkers did get stranded at Disneyland and couldn't get out was like not that yeah not pumped about he's it he's like no no he was nope. like i'm not coming to work because i'm in disneyland i'm not in even the same state i don't know what you want from me it's not that i don't want to come to work it's that i'm not where i intended to be i'm physically incapable of being at work but i will yep. have my uniform on and i'll be ready it's like no i'm gonna be drinking at the bar <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh, so, so that's just, you know, as a heads up, that's going on right now. Uh, apparently Southwest does like this week. So for the next three days from today, so you're going to be a couple days behind listening to this, they're doing 
like big promotions each day, like a promotion of the day that carries through the end of the week. Um, that's prompting us to get some plane tickets. Uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm not other than that. That's a good thing. Including that I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, it's not like smoking hot right now. No, the weather's been nice. I'm I'm happy. I'm pleased. I just have handed Andrew a watch. Uh, this is a Project Top Secret watch. It's not actually that secret, but it's a prototype for the newest Foster, so he's playing with it. I it, have some initial thoughts that we can talk about off the air. If you're a patron. I imagine we share the, the thoughts. If you're a patron, uh, there's a chance you may have even seen a picture of this watch. Uh, I saw one on Instagram. Not at this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we've true. sneak peeked it. Yeah, we've, we've sneak peeked this. So uh, new Foster stuff happening, which is pretty fun. Um, but we're talking about watches that are not that watch today. And true. Having had a couple of weeks uh, since our last roundup, we we thought there was enough stuff. Some things have been happening. There's enough stuff to talk about. And we said, we got to get back and talk about some of these releases because some of them are pretty, pretty interesting. Yes. Pretty interesting. We are, I'll just get it out of the way. There's a couple watches that are very interesting that we won't be talking about. MBNF mm-hmm. released a new watch this week, today-ish, actually. Uh, and it's, we're talking about it, so. Real cool. But it's also unobtainium. As far as I know. Uh, also, Breguet released a couple of new military watches. And one of them looks, one of them has a steel bezel and it's fine. But the other one is sort of a coin edge, um, non, non-marked non bezel, you know, a skinny non-bezel bezel. And I am like, holy cow. But they're kind of out of, this is like $11,000 watches. There's, so a really Vario, gotta, there's a Vario watch that came out that I almost talked about. It just didn't, didn't quite land. Just didn't me. make the cut. Yeah. Just didn't make the cut. So with that said, we have reduced the list to a manageable handful of watches. Uh, and Andrew, I'd like to give you the honors if if you'd be so inclined, what what I'll do you? Pay, yeah, I'll pay attention. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I I can I can stall for you if you'd like. No, I know no, the watch that you should start with. No need to stall. I want to talk about an interesting and kind of fun story to start the cool. episode. So I read a story on Fratello. Uh, it came out this week. <clears throat> And it's, it's just kind of fun. Title, Australian Surfer Finds Rolex Submariner in the Pacific Ocean. Hmm. So it's this really, it's not a super interesting story, right? But it's just kind of this story that you read and you're like, I, I just like this story. So the story goes... There's this fella, he surfs in this area all the time, he snorkels in this area all the time, he, while he's snorkeling, cleans up debris from the ocean floor, mm-hmm. it's just like being a good Samaritan, he's picking up s- surfboard fins and other stuff, because he wants to preserve his recreating environment, mm-hmm. he sees this little flash, and lo and behold, there is a submariner wedged into the rocks 
still ticking because of the motion of the tide coming in and out, all decayed, covered in ocean scum, and because of the way the sand has been running up against the the, the crystal, it's just fucked up. Yeah. But it's this cool story of this guy finding somebody's watch in the ocean. And he's there, you know, he goes on, he's like, yeah, you know, I've returned people's Apple watches before. And it's just kind of a fun story of finding this thing that is objectively very valuable in the ocean. And then it also kind of makes you think like, as you're like, Oh, that's cool. Like, wait a second. How long has that been under the water? And has shipwreck amounts of decay and shit growing on it. I don't see any barnacles yet, but it's like it's got salt deposits and it's it's in rough shape. Yeah. Still running. Crown is stuck, but still running. I think it's just a cool story of like beach combing, finding this neat thing that is designed for this and it really worked. If there was ever a a watch that Rolex needed to acquire yeah. from a private collector, this is the one. It's like, hey dude, I put a number on this check and we'll and we'll endorse it. Yeah, and I don't know enough about ocean uh like like how quickly an ocean will decay something like this. So I don't know if this is two years or or 10 years or or what it's old enough that it had a previous um reference number that had to get amended in the article based off of a of a dial change with that reference number yeah so it's a 5513 it's a 5513 rolex so four digit sub with uh, with a later dial. So at, at some point it, it had been taken care of and serviced and the dial had been replaced. Um, so for a dial to get replaced when we're thinking about service schedule, that's not a very recent Rolex. We're probably looking like north of well, right. So like, it's a, like late nineties at the, at the, er, oh, at the latest. Well, I think earlier than that. So as, yeah. as a four digit, but the, the question I was uh, um, discussing perhaps was how long it's been down there. And, and, and I don't know, I mean, it's been underwater for some amount of time, but again, I don't know if it's two or 10, but it doesn't really matter because I think anything over a couple of days, if it's able to survive that, that's pretty impressive. And keep running. Yeah. Cause of the tidal shifts. That's, it's just it's a cool thing. And the pictures of it, like it's exactly what you what you'd want it to look like. It looks like it's been recovered from a shipwreck. The nylon on it is it looks almost burnt. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's a cool find. I wish I would find that. I don't spend enough time in the ocean because of sharks and stuff. Um find cool things yeah it it's a cool it's a cool that's a cool story cool watch um obviously not something that's happening all the time no well hey i've got a watch that i'd like to talk about it's an oregon company i, I hope you don't that mind you do. so vero vero a watch from portland uh chris has been on the show 
a couple uh, times. Vero has released well. They they released what a year and change ago. Yeah. Their workhorse, which is sort of their g-shock looking type thing you know it just looks like a very fun cool bull it's, bar yeah it's somewhere between like so labs and g-shock yeah so vero released their workhorse last year um and they have updated this we don't often talk about uh, uh updates or 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 you know iterative releases sometimes we do but in this case vero teamed up with ADPT Adapt, which is the maker of very fucking expensive US made straps that borderline everybody hates, although I kind of like them. Um, but they teamed up with ADPT for a Cerakote case, a steel Cerakoted workhorse. And not something I on paper am super into, but then I look at this thing and I'm like, well, God. Damn. So I would I would call this teal. I would call this teal. I think that's appropriate. It's got a multi-layered dial chapter ring setup with a a white chapter ring, bezel chapter ring with red and blue markers, maybe pink, like hot pink, and then yellow bull bars. The whole thing just screams summer mm-hmm. with this white strap. Um, you, you know, it's a nylon strap. Actually, these straps are terrible. I hate them, but it looks really good in the pictures. This watch is freaking cool. The strap actually looks like trash in the pictures. No, they're plasticky. They're trash. I, I hate, that's the one thing about this watch. I was like, what in the world are they thinking about this? But I freaking love this. I, I would, if, if he did a blazers release of this with black, red and white, I'd buy it that moment yeah now i think i i think that that's something that could happen right like it's not out of the realm of possible these guys really lean into the oregon and portland vibe so i think this thing is super cool i i do believe adpt adpt adapt is worn and wounds like in-house edc brand and so it's essentially a worn and wound collaboration uh but i don't think that changes anything for me nope i think it's change my opinion i love it i think it's pretty killer really like it i always think about the idea of summer watches because everyone like every outlet's like the top five summer watches of this year i'm like oh we should do one of those episodes because everyone does one of those but then i'm i'm also like my watch wearing does not change seasonally just because it's summer doesn't mean suddenly I'm wearing turquoise. Interesting. You you don't wear different watches with like shorts and a like a like a lightweight Hawaiian t-shirt or whatever. No, today I wore a Santos wearing exactly what you see in here. <laughs> I definitely try to match my Mm-mm. my watch like the the vibe of the watch too. Nope. Yeah, there are I, watches that I wear exclusively in the winter and watches I wear almost exclusively I, in the summer. I do tend more towards rubber and silicone in the summer mm. just because of the swolling yeah. of the wrists. And some of my bracelets, like just they just get too tight in the summer because I get all swelled up. I'm hot. 
I've been wearing my Solabs a lot this summer. It just doesn't. And I almost never wear that in the winter. That's just not a thing that I experience. And I've been wearing my new Mars Moon Swatch a lot. You got a Mars? I got a Mars Moon Swatch. Direct from the Toronto AD. I didn't go to Toronto, but someone went to the Toronto AD, my friend Henry. You don't ever talk to me about the watches that you buy. You never even tell me when you buy stuff. You never show me the things that you buy. Can we talk quickly about the Moon Swatch? Because I've not more. I've not touched one until like this week. And I don't know what I expected. So I've I've read a lot about a moon swatch. I've watched videos about it. I've seen a lot of hot takes and this and that. I expected it to feel cheap, but be aesthetically cool. I'm thinking it's gonna feel exactly like a plastic speedmaster. Well, it doesn't feel anything like a Speedmaster. It looks like a plastic Speedmaster. Here's what I will say about it. It's fucking rad. It is so well made. People thought, oh, 260 bucks, you're better off. No, this thing is fucking incredible. It's, it's Swatch. There is no dollar proposition with that company. There's no rhyme or reason to how much they charge you. Yeah, I... I Everybody who said it's cheap or whatever, just shut the fuck up. This thing is so rad. It like blew my mind how good it was. The all of the like case finishing and everything. I was kind of I'm like blown away because I really expected this thing to be kind of like meh, but neat. No, it's neat and awesome. It's, not, it's it has to be. It must be. It's because it's a Swatch Group recreation of a Swatch Group watch. They can't do a shit job remaking the the Speedmaster. They just can't, and and they they wouldn't. They didn't. One of the most baller things I've ever heard a person say was from Mike Demartini, who said, oh, yeah, I have the whole whole Moon Swatch collection. That's pretty funny. He said that, and I was like, are you fucking serious? Yeah, That's as cool as it gets. It is pretty cool. That's the best curated collection that exists. It doesn't matter what else you get. No, that's a baller move to have them all, because some of them... them, Not going to wear very often. They're not great. Yeah. But I have it anyway. I got the Mars. That's always been the one that I would get. I wanted Uranus, and... um, (laughs) It's all yours. I <laughs> I got the opportunity, and so I copped. It is really good. I'm really impressed with it. It's like it's also a quartz watch. I've heard a lot of people say it's plastic. In fact, I've heard that dozens, if not hundreds, of times. Oh, it's yeah, it's a plastic. It's not. It's not plastic. It's something like plastic that's made of seventy percent ceramic. It is yeah, the, that's the bio stuff. Like it's well, they call it bioceramic. And mm-hmm. I thought maybe that was a no, it's 70% ceramic. It doesn't feel like ceramic. It feels like something in between ceramic and plastic, but it also doesn't feel like plastic. Like it feels like maybe a carbon case or something that the substance, it's clickier, like when you when you tap it with your fingernail. It's like this thing is freaking rad. It is rad. Kind of blew my mind. The pushers feel awesome i love it dude i'm kind of blown away i'd have really liked to have seen it well 
It's right. It's 35 feet away, as you said. Well, it's not here. What do you got, Andrew? Uh, I am blown away by what Tiso is doing with the PRX line. They dropped the PRX, and it is a darling to the watch and non-watch nerds alike. They drop it new colors. And then for us watch people. They make it a Powermatic. They drop it in a 35. And <sighs> now it has a Powermatic 80 in it. And as we've talked about, the, the, that power reserve just I, I don't care about. That's not something that scratches the itch for me. What does scratch the itch for me is that Tissot found a way to make it small enough to fit in their 35. They are doing such cool stuff right now. And I think we're missing it because they're doing it in the way of the PRX. And the PRX is, it's, it's kind of had its moment in the sun. And, and we're all just... We're, <laughs> I thought there was some pregnancy to that pause, but it was just a pause. It was a burp. Uh, it's had its moment in the sun. We're all kind of like inoculated to it. They're doing cool stuff. Tiso is like, I cannot wait to see what happens next. For them to drop a Power Medic 80 and their 35 means that there's they've they've just broadened their horizon on the next step. I can't imagine that the PRX is the the crown jewel. It's a stepping stone. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we've talked about the PRX ad nauseum mm-hmm. on this show. I do think this is a great addition. Permanent collection. They've released it in four total colors. Uh, a Blue, a, black, green. And a kill, and, a killer and, green, by the way. That, yes, that green. green. That's what caused the pause. And a mother of pearl. And yeah. and, a, and mother of pearls is like kind of a, it's a, it's a contested conversation topic off air between us because I, there's some mother of pearl out there that I really dig. Yeah, I think this is well done, Mother of Pearl. And and you typically don't like it. I typically do not, and I like this one. You know, God, that picture you showed me. Yeah, that this the green dial here. So these are all the waffle dials, which don't come on the quartz version. The the automatics all have this waffle dial, and these are great. I mean, this that is like maybe case. Oh God, this is like, but this is pornography. But for the fact that it is integrated, I would say this is maybe like one of the best just mainline buy a watch if you're if you're a person that's always going to have it on the bracelet yeah these are so great 35 or if you're a winter watch person 700 bucks for this with a powermatic 80 35 millimeters this is sub seven i think i think 695 oh 695 got it 750 in mother of pearl you don't need that don't 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 as good as the mother of pearl is just don't uh yeah, seven hundred bucks. This this could be. The problem is that it's integrated, right? And until and they, yeah, they have dropped a strap option for it, haven't they? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they did do it. Yeah. So there's an option for if you get I, I swollen don't know if it's wrists. Avail- like I don't know I do. if it's available for this one, but um, 
I'll have to look that up. I think 35 is going to be it's is going to be too small for some people for sure. The, I don't think so because of the case shape. Yeah, I I, I think because it people, doesn't sink at the lugs. I think it's going to wear like a 36. Okay, well, so think, you're objectively wrong. 35 is going to be too small for some people. With that said, I think it makes a lot of sense in that collection because there are so many options. Some people are not going to like this because it's too small. I mean, that's I you, you can't I, deny I, no, that. No, I'm a, I'm a small watch guy, but it's not going to be too small for you. When you put it on, you're like, that's small. Then you're going to wear it for a day. Yeah, I don't. Two days and you're like, actually. I don't think I'd have a problem with this. This is kind of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think this is fun. 11.3 thicks, which, it's, yeah. It's the PRX, right? These are great. I, I super dig these. And they're just such a great sport watch. 100 meters of water resistance. Sporty feeling. But can also serve as that refined sport watch on a bracelet. I dig that, and it's re- it's really I I think Tissot is is gearing up to do some stuff. So, since we're talking about Tissot, I'm going to keep it going. Because I think Tissot this last week released its coolest watch that it's released in modern, in the modern iteration of Tissot. Yes. This this is a tits out release. Tits out. Doing it again. They re-released a watch from 1969, which was a <laughs> full fiberglass watch called the Sidoral. Sidoral, I think. Oh. Sidoral. Um which had this monoblock case completely constructed out of fiberglass, uh, which is an interesting material. <clears throat> it's a in, really interesting material to experiment with watchmaking. It, it is. It is. And Tissot has re-released this in a pretty, uh, um, a pretty faithful reinterpretation of that original Cedarall. With a but with a powermatic 80, uh, and a carbon like a forged carbon case, which is really neat. So, the one that I've seen pictures of, and I, I don't, I, I think there's just the one at this point. Oh, no, that's not true, there are different colors, yes. Uh, but there's a, a yellow bezel internal like minute track, um a dive bezel it's a dive watch and it's just so weird and interesting it feels to me like one of these 70s watches that was like i don't really know what you were doing there but it doesn't matter because this is interesting so this is a regatta timer um which not gonna do much for a lot of people but it doesn't matter because regatta timers always look cool uh and it's just fantastic. It's just fantastic. I I was kind of unsure of how to feel when I saw this watch. I was like, oh, it's cool. We got the 70s vibe. We got mm-hmm. the like kind of pseudo futuristic, but definitely not vibe. It's like the first microwave. We're in the future. Yeah, that's right. 
with a dial. And then I looked at the loom on the dial and I was sold. We've got the like CW3 green on the bezel. We've got yellow on the minute markers at five minute increments, a purple on the minute track Mm -hmm. and then a green to red 10 minute timer, a graduated green to red timer from 12 to two. This is like ball level loom. Cool shit. Yep. This is the kind of watch that I would only wear in the dark. <laughs> like you go to a rave, this is the watch that you must wear. This loom game is off the charts. Yeah, it, it it's pretty cool. So they they have the yellow, which is featured in the article I read. They've got a blue. So so the yellow comes with a yellow strap, like sort of a rubber rally strap with kind of a novel connecting system, and, and that yellow minute ring. It's got a blue with a blue minute ring and then a red with a gray minute ring. <sighs> and so these aren't these aren't cheap. These are no, they're twelve hundred bucks. Twelve hundred bucks. Eleven fifty two is what they're retailing for, which I don't know if that's reasonable for you or not. But I, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's a reasonable price for a watch. I think Tissot is playing in that playing in those waters where if they're going to continue to push, they're going to have some releases that are going to be more expensive than, than others. And this is one of those releases, but it is, I mean, when the PRX came out, we were like, wow, this is really neat. And then they kept iterating. We're like, they're still doing really neat things. This to me is cooler than the PRX ever was, ever will be. This is really, really neat. Agree, but it scratches an itch that exists on a really small <coughs> community. Yeah. Like our community. Yeah. It, this it, is for us. Yeah. Well, or it's for a guy that goes into a fucking Tissot store and is like, what's that? That's cool. And then they were like, oh, well, this is the special re-release of the night. And then they buy it and then they wear a cool watch. That's the other person that likes this watch. Imagine seeing some of the best players in 1969 like Willis Reed Walt Clyde Frazier and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the same court as our modern-day stars in LeBron James, Steph Curry, and Giannis. <laughs> I read that comment, so you're looking at the Warner One article. I'm, on I'm reading the article. It's like, what? Okay. That's what? a weird, but uh, I, I kind of get it, right? It's a mashup of all the cool things that they can do now with yeah. how cool watches were in the 70s. And they're referring to Tissot's NBA partnership. But yeah. A- anyway. Do you know how to say Giannis's last name? Antetokounmpo. Okay. Antetokounmpo. Kumpo. Yeah, um, it's a it's a hard name. It's a hard name for me to say. Tukunpu. I wonder if he knows how to say it. Probably not. Andrew, what do you got? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm having trouble deciding. Uh, so I want to talk about a watch brand that we've talked about before. Arkin. Yeah, we had Ken Lamb. We did. From Arkin on our show. We did have Ken back. And I, I, I liked it. We did have Ken back then. I kind of would like to see if we can get Ken back to talk about this GMT that he's just dropped. 
It's very familiar to the, oh, shoot, what did he call it? The Arkin, uh, what was his original drop? It was the, I, I had it in my head. That's why I didn't look it up. Um, Instrumentum. So he dropped his Instrumentum last year, which was, it had all the things that like kind of we dig. It's familiar, but it's innovative. It's different without being weird. It's a super cool watch. And he has dropped around two in a really interesting way in the way of his GMT, which is a forehand with a small dial date wheel. I dig this and keeping with the Arkin thing, he's stuck with titanium. I love this watch. It like it pulls on like Victorinox and that kind of tooly feel, but it's independent. A 40 millimeter titanium case. <clears throat> 13 thick, which is a little thicker than I was hoping. But with a GMT movement, you can kind of write that off. BGW9 loom, 200 meters of water resistance. So it's 11 points. This, I dig it. This is like a straight tool watch GMT. Integrated bracelet still, and I, I'm not 100% sure why he's sticking with that feel, but he's got strap options for it. I dig this release. Everything about it is the instrumentum, but as a GMT. And yeah, I love the instrumentum. I, I, I think I think it's terrific. You, you, you know, Ken's got some uh, Ken's got some style things that I think he did a good job of. I think he did a good job of being true to with this watch. It, it is very much an evolution of the instrumentum, um, but with a, a ton of new, with, with a ton of new feel to it. Right. So it doesn't feel like the instrumentum. It doesn't particularly look like the instrumentum except at a glance, but it also feels very much like an Arkin. Mm-hmm. He, he the movement is based off of a 9015. Yeah. He's calling it the Arc 9015 DT. I don't know what all modifications he's making to it. But sufficient modifications to rename it. 7 sure, sure. Right, which could just be like who knows. Yeah but some modifications 700 bucks on launch day, which is a, which is a, a great price for a watch like this for, for a watch of this capability. Right. So, so we're looking at a $700 true GMT. This is cool. I dig this. I, I like his watches. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the texture. I kind of wish textured dials would go away. I don't mind this texture, but it, they're, not, a, they're not. They're not going to go. They're away. not. Going to. So yeah, that's right. 
that's just kind of what I have to. It's my life. I have to deal with it. Right. You, you know, I, I think that if you were, I, I think there were some people that saw the instrumentum and were like, yeah, not for me. And then there were others that were like, gosh, it's so close, but just too much this, too much that. The instrumentum has this really prominent bezel, really thick bezel kind mm-hmm. of. This has resolved some of those concerns if if you have them. Uh, it's certainly not the type of watch. If you were like, it's a no from me, dog, uh, then maybe not. But I think it resolved the issue entirely of the bezel because the bezel was super like Helsin, super tooly, like, if you don't want a tool watch, this watch isn't for you. Going to the bezel-less forehand with a date sub-dial kind of refines it a little bit, makes it look a little bit like a small seconds while keeping the functionality of a of a true GMT. Yeah. So so we do have a uh we do have an what what would we call this integrated bracelet system. So yeah. you're not gonna be able to stick this on any NATO strap or whatever. It does or any nylon pass through. This this new one does come with what I'm gonna call like a sailcloth looking dimensional strap. But I do understand that the I do understand that this watch is completely compatible with the instrumentum's bracelet, which it's this sort of Constantin, this yeah. Vacheron looking yeah. link very very much an homage to that Vacheron overseas type of thing um yeah dude this thing's rad i i dig this and I, if you and if you have an instrumentum you could use the, the bracelet from the instrumentum on this i want ken to talk about his integrated bracelet system yeah pretty 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 hip stuff man i dig it it is cool and hip uk uk based watchmaker so uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this brand on the show before, but it's pretty neat. It's a brand out of Japan called Seiko, and oh. they've been making watches for quite a while. You, I, I think for they're one of the oldest watch companies there is, but they have released a new cult classic, says Worn and Wound. <laughs> they do say that. Pro Specs Speed Timer. And you just talked about this OG watch. I did re- recently. They've released this fantastic Pro Specs branded Speed Timer. Hey, which is like a, a modern Sportura Kinetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this thing's terrific. It is a kinetic chronograph, um, and it looks very old and also new. It's got three pushers at what? What are we going to call that? 730. <laughs> we're at 1030. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's got 10 and 2. Yes. Yes. 10 and 2, that's fine. And, and then a crown at 4. And another pusher at 8. Yes. that's It's much harder than it should be. I don't know why that's so hard. Because uh, there's no numbers. 
And it that's just what makes terrific. it weird. It's a sportura. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. These are really neat. So they've got them in a handful of different colors. Um, they've got sort of a panda white dial with black sub dials. They've got a black with gunmetal, uh, like kind of a sand with a dark gray and like aged loom, but also orange. And then this like murdered out black on black with the yellow pop of yellow. Everything feels very, very Seiko. <laughs> Are, Everything feels very Seiko. I'm looking at the photo of the case back mm-hmm. for the Budapest. Yeah, these are made for the Budapest. 23. 23 world championships. 4,000 of them. That two-tone black and steel bracelet. Usually a two-tone doesn't call to me, but that two-tone black and steel with the kind of OD dial. Yeah. That is doing it for me. So these are sucks. 42 millimeters, 12, nine thick. Um, there are t- two of these are limited editions and two of them are main lines. So the gray dial and the black on black are both limited editions and the other two are main line. Uh, oh no, excuse me. The Panda and the black on black are main line. The tan, that earthy desert tan and the, and the gray dollar, both LEs of 4,000 a piece. So, and these are all like under a thousand, under a thousand. That's right. Pretty cool. Available in July. So very <clears throat> soon, if you're close to a Seiko dealer, maybe pop in. Cause I think this will be the type of thing that you can get for a few days. Yeah. Uh, at least the LEs, you, you know, maybe a week or so. These are pretty clever. Uh, they look good. It's this is a nice release. I, I in particular like that earthy dial with the the two tone bracelet. They did a really good job in in a way that Seiko doesn't always do of revitalizing a previous release. Yeah, Seiko will often re-release a watch under the same name. That's not even remotely similar. <laughs> they did a good job updating the Sportura and still keeping its identity in place. Uh, I will say that this watch ticks a couple of my pet peeves. The bracelet is looks to me to be a turd. It's probably a turd. It's Seiko. It's Seiko. And the fitment, the way the bezel meets the case is particularly bad. Sometimes very cool watches get poorly fitted end links. And this is an egregious example of that. Yep. <clears throat> with that said, it kind of works with the aesthetic of the watch. Because it's a, I mean, they're going to blame it on a 70s watch. Yeah. Look at how ugly the original Sportura is. <laughs> <laughs> it, this isn't as bad. Yeah. Well, there's lots of Sporturas, right? Uh, but the 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 bottom line, this is this is a speed timer. It, it's a recessed bracelet, so they can get away with some sin there. But it's yeah, it, it's it's pretty egregious. So 
other than that, I love the watch. Yeah, they, they made some. It's Seiko. Mistakes were made. We accept their problems. Andrew, what do you got next? Okay. I think you ought to just keep it going, man. Yeah, the, so, um, you know, since we're on the Seiko train here, Seiko has done a cool re-release of the Seiko 5 Sports original. So come to find out, the Seiko 5 Sports model line has existed for 55 years. In honor of that, they have a re-release in four colorways and it is hot it is very much in the vein of the q timex it's a three-hand diver in all of the 70s feels that you want and i am for it yeah, so right, maybe you said this, but this is the very first Seiko Sports, Seiko mm-hmm. 5 Sports, uh, a re-release of that very first one from 1968. Yep. And there's been some, so so there's been some back and forth and there's some controversy about what the five mm-hmm. pillars of Seiko 5 are. I think the most widely accepted are automatic movement, day-date yep. display, water resistance, durable case, and a recessed crown at four o'clock. A lot of the Seiko 5s from the last generation, that generation that's just recently kind of gone away, had all of those features, or at least most of those features. Most of those features. So we see crown guards in the SKX. And that's, we see, crown, we see well, crown guards. So and even the Seiko, the, the current iterations of the... Well, so that's that. That, yeah. that's that's what I'm saying, right? So so prior to like right now, so, so in circa 2015... If you went onto eBay and looked for a Seiko 5 or perhaps even Amazon, there was the just pillars, yeah. billions of these and they all kind of did this. But the modern version of Seiko 5 Sports is like an SKX case, right? So you're not really getting a recessed crown at four o'clock. Uh, this has a true to form recessed crown at four o'clock. It feels this watch looks to me, having not held one, this looks to me like a properly updated. Seiko 5. It is 100% a properly updated Seiko 5. It's got drilled straight lugs, so you can put whatever you want in it. It's got that fully recessed crown. It's got all of the things and all the feels. So in our colorways, we have a just a black on black. We're not murdered out. We still got a steel case, but we got a black dial, black bezel. We have a... Uh, multicolored black dial and a kind of a rally racing bezel. We have a silver dial and a, what would you call that? Yeah. Show me the picture. Like a check marked, like a, yeah, a, like a checker, a, sure. checker flag bezel. So kind you're of talking about feel. the, you're talking about the SKX releases. Yeah. Yeah, so they, so in addition mm. to the SRP K17, which is the one we've been talking about, the OG, they've also released three 
fifty-fifth anniversary mm-hmm. SKX cases. Yes, in the Seiko five, and then an orange with a black rally. Yeah, these feel like the Rowing Blazers releases to me. Like Seiko was like, "Oh, the Rowing Blazers releases yeah. have done really well," and there's no reason for us to not get in get some of that action. Yeah. Yeah, the it, SRPK though just comes from what I can tell, just comes just in sort in black. of a, a black. It, it'll it'll come in an, in more iterations with a very seventies blue sports at the top of the six o'clock stack. And and here's the the Seiko win, the SKX releases at four fifteen, the SRPK three fifty. This is Seiko. To its core. Yeah, these are terrific. These are gorgeous. Well done, Seiko. Finally. (laughs) It even looks like the bezel's aligned. You know, hard to tell. Andrew, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go today? Uh, Before we move on, I should say. I think we've hit all the things. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Um well, with that in mind, is there any other things that you'd like to talk about? There is. Andrew, other things go. I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh last week at work, I was informed that tomorrow at work, my training day will consist of st- Primarily existing on an asphalt pad outside during the daytime. Which is problematic for me because I carry the ginger gene and there's no amount of sunblock that can protect you from a day in the sun. So I was like, okay. Especially on asphalt. Yeah. Like you get it radiating from both directions. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a long sleeve shirt to wear. Tomorrow it's not going to be hot. It's going to be like 75 degrees. It's going to be warm, but not hot. I went to REI today with a couple ideas in mind of what I was looking for. And I touched and put on and felt every long-sleeved, fairly light layer that they had. I ended up getting the REI brand mid-weight base layer half zip. Because it's going to be perfectly appropriate for a 70 to... 75 degree day it's i mean feel it it feels super good it does feel nice it's it's like i think it may be a little heavy for your application though it's a it's borderline midweight it is it's called a midweight right and so when i was i was stuck between this and a smart wool lightweight The smart wool light lightweight was approximately twice the price. I know 
how smart wool performs. I really like smart wool. I tend to get really hot in it. Yeah, it, it's warm. It's warm. My thinking of going with a primarily synthetic is that I can wet it down and cool. Like it's going to hold the moisture a little bit better. Yeah. And cool me. The wicking properties should be a little bit better. Right. So, so my thinking is I can just pour stuff on it and it's going to hold the moisture for longer, evaporate for longer. Kind of counterintuitive to the way wicking works, but I really like this. I got in a colorway that's going to be multi-use, like both for work and, and for, for fall outdoor pursuits. So I got kind of like a sagey green. I, that's precisely the term I'd use to describe that color. Uh, it's, I mean, you're in sweatpants and a t-shirt and slippers. I'm in shorts and this shirt and slippers. And I would argue that we're probably similarly comfortable. Yeah, I'm borderline a little warm right now. So I I super like this. That I mean it's like all other REI products. Yeah, well made. It's exactly what you want. I'll be curious to see. I'm a little concerned that you're going to be too warm, notwithstanding the sun being off of you. But it'll be, you know, you know, I'm, I might know. be a little bit too warm. But but what I'm concerned about primarily is skin cancer. Yeah. So I have full UV protection because the other day it is I'm, a UV like rated material. I I'm just not exposed to the sun. It's not UV because all the UV stuff that I could find was prohibitively expensive or black yeah, or not available in my size. So like 3XL. Sure. And if you're wearing triple XL, you're probably not also looking for UV protective <laughs> clothing. Well, yeah, I don't know. If you're if you're triple XL, you still need to be protected from the sun. Concur. There's a lot of skin to get cancer on. So, yeah. A lot of it's actually hidden by other skin though. So, uh I'll come back next week and I'll talk about how this performs in 70 to 80 degree 80 degree weather. But I'm super excited by it for all of its other applications because it's just as warm as I want it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's a great looking top. So, well, I'll be curious to hear your update. I'm prepared to give it. Andrew, I've got another thing. Do me. I have ever talked about disc golf on this show. I mean, not once or twice. Multiples. Okay. So I disc golf. I'm not very good. I started recently, right? I, uh, and kind of got into it, and I've been disc golfing. And I signed up on a whim, me and my two most favorite disc golf buddies were like, let's sign up for a tournament. So there was a tournament here locally. It's a, kind of a big tournament put on by a, a cool local organization. And we we're like, let's just do it. Let's just sign up. It's at a course we know. It's local. It'll be fun. And so it's we did where you got your phone stolen. Different course. And so signed up for this thing and have been like, you know, just playing disc golf. And the tournament was this last weekend. So I competed in my first disc golf tournament last weekend. As a card carrying member of the disc golf 
the Professional Disc Golf Association, yeah. PDGA. Yeah, yes. the PDGA. Correct. Our carrying member right here. You're listening to it. So I signed up for my disc golf tournament. I played in the disc golf tournament. I have played that course probably 30 times in the last year. And of those 30 times, I would say I have scored between one and six over 75% of the time with maybe a couple outliers. I've done a little better than that on a couple of occasions. And I've done a little worse than that on a couple of occasions. Okay. So it's a course I know very well. And we're pretty, we hold ourselves to scores, right? We're not cheating and taking mulligans. We're, we're pretty serious about scoring. Not serious about it, but, you know, we, we hold ourselves to scores. I go out Saturday and I shoot an eight over. That's not good. Which is not good. In fact, that's not going to get you on the leaderboard. It is one of the worst rounds I have had at that course or any course in a very long time. And I was like, you know, I'm having fun. It was fun. That's just how it goes, right? Like it's the tournament environment, jitters. <laughs> Were there like groupies and stuff? And so I'm thinking, no, no, okay. of course not. So I'm thinking, okay, well, that's that's. That's fine, because what it means is that Sunday I'm going to be grouped with a bunch of other guys that all scored eight under. I should be one of the better guys in that group. Uh, I went on on Sunday and shot 14 over. You did poorly. <laughs> the nerves got to you. It is the craziest thing, man. I go out in a tournament. I couldn't putt. I was hitting trees. I was like, and I couldn't even, I wasn't even upset. I wasn't upset. I was like pretty, I mean, there was times where I was like, what the fuck? Like frustrated with myself, but you like, we're not competing for anything. That's the problem with any stroke play sport is that like, it's not that every shot's perfect. It's how you recover from an imperfect shot. No, like no good stroke play athlete spirals. Yeah. You spiraled a little bit. I spiraled. You know, I realized about two thirds of the way through my round on Sunday, I realized at some point that I was like playing pretty aggressively, which when you're struggling, you gotta, when you're struggling, there's this like desire to get the strokes back. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I was playing aggressively and I was putting myself in worse situations. And about two thirds of the way through, I was like, stop. Just stop, like play conservative, go out, make your drives, you know, get and get, get to where you need to be. And of course I finished up that round, like those last six holes. I think I finished them up at one under, which is a indicative of just how bad the prior 12 holes had been, mm-hmm. but also like, okay, I, you know, I, I can look back and kind of see some of the things that happened and why, but it was like, it still blows my mind. I'm like, how in the world? How in the world? Like, Got on top of you. Do I have my two? And and so it's interesting. Now I'm like excited. Like I want to like figure out how to compete, right? How, how do I how do I play disc golf in that environment? It was a ton of fun. I met, it was like, it's one of those things. I don't know. My other thing, of course, is this disc golf tournament. But it's it sort of it meant something else to me, which is to say like, if you're doing something and you enjoy something, 
do it in a community. You know, it's one of the things that Andrew and I were hoping to get from this show. Like, let's be in the community. And and I think we've accomplished that, right? Like, I've got some of my best friends in life are people that I've met by way of having started this podcast. Some of my best friends in life are people that I've either met through disc golf or become closer through disc golf. Like, whatever it is you're doing, do it. Like, go out, be part of the community, engage. So this weekend, I met, like, three guys that I can tell... Like, I'm going to be friends with these guys. I might not be, like, close friends with them, but I know I'm going to be friends with these people for forever. Like, mm-hmm. you, I could just tell. Like, yeah, I, I know this guy. I like this guy. Like, whatever you're doing, go out and do it. Like, even if you're in the lowest division of a <laughs> B-tier disc golf tournament, just go out and engage with the community. It's so weird how much fun that was. To just go and do that thing. So now I'm like, can I do this? Can I compete at disc golf in the lowest division of the lowest tier Are of you tournaments? Are be able to quit your job <laughs> and make your living? It, playing disc golf? Abs- absolutely not. carrying member of the PDGA? The, like, I would say, but for about 10 people but for, in the, the but world. For? But for about 10 people in the world, the best disc golfers in the world make less than me. So... I'm not going to retire yet. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Until I become, yeah, no, it, it's not something that you make money at. It's something you do for fun, but whatever it is you're doing for fun, go out and do it and do it with the community and actually do it because holy shit, it's so much fun, man. And it's so much fun. I played the worst disc golf I've ever played and I still just loved it. What a cool experience. But kind of stupid, right? Sucks that you sucked so bad. It does suck. That I was like, what the fuck? The nerves, man. They got you. It's hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. it happens. It happens. It's the nerves. Yeah. But had a ton of fun. So nice. Andrew, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, No, I'm all out of things. Well, good for that. Hey, you guys, thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Do us a favor, go to watchclicker.com. Just do it right now. That's where we post articles, reviews, and every single episode of this podcast. You can also check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker, or of course, at watch clicker. If you'd like to support us, and look, we really hope you do. We've got a sick discord community i've heard some of you may be looking for a social watch community having recently lost your own you can support us at patreon.com slash 40 and 20 get access to our discord which is pretty fun from day to day if you do do that you get on the discord it's a lot of fun And don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.